Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. We're back together again. (laughs) That's not a song. I just made that up. It's been a little while, but absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? (laughs) When I read a passage of scripture, there are certain things I look for, and I'm sure there are certain things that you look for when you're reading something. It could be anything. It could be, it doesn't have to be the Bible. It could be anything. What I look for is who is writing and for whom is it written? What is the purpose, the why of the words I'm reading for me What does it look like for me in my life and everyday living? These are the things I look at. Titus, to whom this book, this letter is written, was born a Gentile, was converted by Paul himself, and began to help Paul in his ministry in Jerusalem. Though Titus is not mentioned in Acts, He did work with Paul at Ephesus during the third missionary journey. And from there, he went to Corinth to help with the work of the church. And then briefly on to Crete, which, if you didn't know, is the fourth largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. I hope to go there someday because I had to Google it, and the pictures are just... There in the company of Paul after Paul's imprisonment in Rome, where Paul commissioned Titus to remain there as his representative to complete the work. Considering the the mission to which he was sent, he must have been a capable and a very resourceful leader. Paul thought of Titus not just as a faithful friend, but as he says a, few, a couple of verses earlier in, in Titus' greeting, he calls him a spiritual son. After all, he did lead, lead him to a saving relationship with Christ. This was a personal letter by Paul to Titus, possibly written from Corinth after the first Roman imprisonment. This is known as one of the the, the pastoral epistles, and we know epistle means letter. Titus was sent to set straight what Paul had left unfinished in the churches in Crete, appointing leaders. And Crete had sunk to a deplorable moral level. The typical way of living for an inhabitant of Crete And it says here, even Paul says it, and if Paul is describing you like this, things are pretty rough. Dishonesty, gluttony, oh, and the word that I hate the most of every, 
laziness. They had come to a point in this church where there were no elders or leaders to guide and direct. Paul wanted Titus to appoint appropriate people to help guide the struggling church. It was important that the people, the people selected be mature in their faith and, experience, and experienced in guiding and teaching the immature Christian. The goal for Paul was that all would learn the right way to live in response to their salvation. Now I want you to look really quickly, get your glasses out, in verse 7. It speaks of a person called the overseer. And in Greek, this word is known as episcopus. Did I say that right, Commissioner? Any of them? <laughs> I got the thumbs up. We're going to keep going. Episcopus, to oversee, to care for, to watch. And if we break this word down to epi, the prefix, and scopus, the root, you'll find that scopus means to look at something. And in the English word, we have words like microscope, which means we can look at things that are very small. We also get the word telescope, which means we can look at things that are very far away. The prefix epi, in this case, elevates the meaning of the root word. It intensifies the meaning. This ministry of episcopus is a depth of ministry, more than merely just, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Nice to see you. Oh, I'm so glad to see you too. This suggests that as an overseer, we have to know you. We have to be involved in your story. What makes you tick? What ticks you off? <laughs> Where do you go when things get tough? What makes your heart sing? This is not a ministry of, gotcha, I finally found out what it was about you, and I'm going to set you straight. But it's a ministry of discipleship, hearing your story, answering your questions, encouraging each other, inviting the overseer into the everyday mundane, but also into the depths of your heart and your mind. This is something that cannot be done without being known. And if I can put a plug in, this is the vision of our small group practice, our small group model. And if you're not a part of small group, I highly encourage it. You'll find friendship and love and care. And you will also find, should also find, accountability. So how does this maturity look? Paul gives a very extensive list, and he is looking at three categories. I think we can kind of put everything into three categories. He's looking at their reputation, their devotion, their administration. So first, let's look at the reputation. First, 
in that, under that umbrella of reputation, we see that a leader must be blameless, living above reproach. We see that they must be a trustworthy steward, not overbearing, not quick to temper, not quick-tempered, which means is, is deeper than just having a temper. It's a long-lasting anger, an anger that just has taken root and just won't go. Not given to wine. Check. <laughs> not violent. Not pursuing dishonest gain. A leader cannot love, have a love of money or material possessions. They mu must be hospitable. Having an open heart, an open home. Loves what is good. Being a lover of good things as well as good people. Self-controlled. A mind that is, has complete control over all sensual desires. They must be upright, honest, fair, above board. They must be devout and holy, pure, clean, moral, unpolluted from the dirt and filth of sin. They must hold firm to the trustworthy message they must be able to encourage from the word, able to refute those who oppose the word. Then we look into their devotion. And it says, must be a husband of one wife. This is the idea of being a one woman kind of man. <laughs> I laugh, but it is very serious. We look into, next, his administration. Having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly. I guess we're out. I'm just kidding. Ellie and Josh are great. Paul knew it was imperative for a man to lead his family well. If he was to lead the church and have the respect of the community, his children was a reflection of him. Now, this doesn't mean that every pastor's child will be a lifelong committed servant to the Lord. I pray that it is so, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And it doesn't imply that every pastor's child will be saved by grace. I pray that it is so. But it does require that a pastor faithfully and biblically leads his family, setting the example first at home and then in the church. This is quite a list of expectations. It feels weighty. I don't know if you feel the burden of that. And I think that Paul probably would have been a really good employer at that time because people knew what the expectation was and the line was held by the grace of God. A lovely thing that grace is. If you have ever had a, a broken home, home, a broken bone, and as athletic, as athletic as I am, as you saw today, <laughs> I've never had a broken bone. <laughs> I know that's a shock <laughs> to all here. <laughs> and let me say now, I am not a healthcare provider, but I am fascinated with the inner workings of the body. 
the way God created everything to work in tandem with his creation. And in the event you break a bone, depending on where in the body and how severe the break, you will most likely go to a doctor, hopefully you will go to a doctor, and they will have to set it straight. Bring the bone back, bone to bone, right? Because this is what must happen in order for new growth to take place, to bring about healing to the body. And new tissue begins to form almost immediately after realignment. This is the mission for Titus, setting things straight, bringing these people back to the life giver. Sometimes a painful treatment, but a necessary one. It probably wasn't a popular message, but a necessary one. And for Gwinnett County, for where we sit right now, how many of you will take up the calling and mission that Titus gave to the Episcopus. This is Corps Cadet Sunday, if you didn't know. We have wonderful Corps Cadets, Corps Cadets that weren't even able to be here today. We have a, a lovely group of, of kids that are learning and bringing new life to ministry because that's what God does. He, he the new, things are new when God is a part of things. And looking at this list, you may be thinking, not me. This list is too long. God is asking too much. But I want you to know that Paul was just a man. Titus was just a man, prone to make mistakes, the same mistakes you and I make. And the wonderful thing about God is he is not calling you to be a Titus. Well, because there can only be one Titus, right? But God is calling you to be a Brianna and an Alexis and a Jackson. He's calling you to be a Chloe, a Jonah, a Joanna, and a Jamie. I just like to get their attention, that's all. And a Michael back there, I see you. He is calling you to be who you are in the light of his glory. He is calling you to brace yourself, full-time ministry in your school, in your work, in your gym, don't break a bone, in your church. Everyone is an overseer of someone or something. And God only calls for holiness. I am here today 
<laughs> and gone tomorrow. That is the natural order of life. That's the natural order of the Salvation Army. To whom are you, Episcopus? Who do you oversee? Who are you leading? Who is it in your life that is looking at you? Who is modeling after you? And the only perfect model for us is Christ. That is who we model. And we have to be thinking now, who will come after us? Who are we leading now that will lead the next and the next and the next? Because there's a world who needs us. They need Christ. I'm sorry, excuse me. They don't need us. They need Christ. That's the only thing that they need. Who are you training now? Am I bringing people to you, Jesus? Am I sharing you? Who is in my sphere of influence? Who am I overseer of? And if I'm not, if I have no responsibility in this world, Lord, bring it on. This is you saying that. Because we all have responsibility in the kingdom of God. We all have responsibility in bringing others to him. God, I pray for that accountability in our church. I pray for that accountability in our lives. God, we love you today. We just give everything to you, Lord. And I pray of all things, Lord, that we're starting to bring others along. God, for when we oversee others, Lord, that list of things seems pretty long. Lord, I think we can sum all of that up into holiness. God, because if I'm chasing after you, if I'm looking to you, if I'm reading your word, if my desire is for you, God, then so many of those things come into place. Oh God, right now, I just ask for that for our, our people here. I ask for that for the world today. And so let it be in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.